what what gets me is is they they're putting us in charge of policing it and that's where i have the issue that's not our job man we're simple restaurant people you know you've been listening to the fred minnick show brought to you by 291 colorado whiskey by mixters american whiskey and by heaven hill brands hey everybody welcome back to the fred minnick show got one of my best friends in the whiskey world here tommy tardy Tommy and I go way back. He's the owner of the Flatiron Room in New York City and and uh, and Fine and Rare. Uh, Tommy actually hosted me for my very first book event in New York. So we're talking 2013. My book Whiskey Women came out, and uh, he was relatively new in the in the whiskey world, and he wanted to give me. Uh, access to his 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 uh, bar which is a beautiful jazz bar it's a club kind of feel but not a clubby but real high end and he gave me the upstairs and we we had um you know i had my first book event in new york it was memorable it was awesome and you know tommy and i have been really good friends since and he's a he's a great advocate in the whiskey community and now he's got a a coffee line you know um, he's got a coffee line now in fact I'm shaking the beans right now. It's called uh, the Morning Dram. The Morning Dram. He he is basically uh, finishing in in bourbon barrels. But here's the thing about this interview: I have always wanted to do an on location um, interview inside a restaurant. You know, kind of like the sports shows do. You know, they're talking to coaches, and you can hear the background and the ambiance and everything. Actually, did this interview inside uh, the Fine and Rare Bar in uh, in New York City, so you can hear some Christmas music. You can hear us ordering, and no kidding, that was a dream for me. I've always wanted to do that, and it was a blast. Absolutely loved it. But I hope you enjoy this week's episode with uh, Tommy Tardy. He's an excellent interview. Enjoy this week episode but first a word from our sponsors people want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey so nestled in the shadow of pike's peak 291 colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle exceptional western whiskey unlike any other passion permeates every sip Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hey guys, Michael Malice here. Be sure to check out my weekly podcast, You're Welcome with Michael Malice, now on Podcast One. You might know me from my terrible Twitter, my horrible books, or the nonsense I spout on podcasts like Rogan and Glenn Beck. It's all there. Are you black-pilled or white-pilled for the future of the UK? What is a man? 
<laughs> what is a man? What is a no? I, what is it? Are you white pilled or black pilled? No seriousness, girl. No, no, no. I love the Jesse Lee piece of question. The fact that you discovered that gives me hope for some of the things that I've still got that are missing. Well, if you need James G. Blaine's autograph, you are welcome to it. Of course, being the co-author of How to Have Impossible Conversations makes you the perfect guest for this train wreck of a show. Uh, I, <laughs> new episodes are available every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts, you are welcome. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18 year old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. And joining the Fred Minnick Show now is my good friend, longtime friend, Tommy Tardy. This guy's got some stories on me. But most importantly, Tommy, you broke me in New York. I don't know if you know this, but you were my first person to uh, take a risk on me. I remember that. I remember that was down at the Flatiron Room, like uh, what, eight years ago, maybe? Uh, 2013. So whatever that is. Oh my God, that's nine years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, the my first trip on research down to Kentucky. Um, I was with two of my brothers on a motorcycle trip. Oh, that's right. And you uh, you offered to take us out, and yeah, we went out to some. I forgot what it was. Maybe hay hay market or yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I think we closed the town that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a good time. I'm always fascinated by like uh, people who have motorcycles and like will drive cross country like that or ride cross country. Yeah, because I just think my ass would hurt if I was on a bike that long. Your ass definitely hurts when you're on a bike that long. There's no <laughs> way around it. Um, actually, the first trip I took down there. Uh, my ass was sore, like 
three hours into it. Yeah. And I stopped at one of those uh, those gas stations that seem to sell everything. Um, and I bought one of those uh, those wooden bead things that you see the taxi drivers wearing. Right, right. So I strapped that down, uh, and I got to tell you, it was a game changer. Yeah, that's awesome. It was it was a game changer. But so, yeah, there's no way around it. Your ass hurts. So you got you got the ass warmer for the long bike ride. <laughs> uh, but that was a big moment. You all were cel- having a big celebration back there. I remember that? Yeah. And yeah. and you know now, like you are like the last remaining like whiskey bar like all the whiskey bars from that time with the exception of maybe like brandy library yeah hey which is more it's a little bit of everything yeah they're all closed yeah it's unfortunate it's a, you know it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people will say uh oh you got to be happy that so and so closed down there's less competition but i don't feel that way at all in fact there was a great bar right down the street from the Flatiron Room uh, called Maysville. Right. And I loved it. And people would always be like, oh, that's such a bummer. They opened up around the same time you did. Uh, and I was like, that's great, man. Wherever there's a Burger King, there's a McDonald's. And wherever yeah. there's a Ford dealer, there's a Chevy dealer. And that's uh, that's good. That's clustering. And I want I wanted like thir- you know 26th Street to be that place if you want to you know, get some good whiskey, you go to 26th street and there's a, right. there's lots of options. So, um, yeah, no, it's unfortunate that, uh, that, uh, a lot of these places have closed down, but, um, you know, I'm also extremely thankful that we survived and we made it. Yeah. And I gotta, you know, and of course you own the, the flat iron room and fine and rare in New York city, you know, easily becoming like, like the, like a top desti- the top destination in New York for, Thank for you. whiskey, especially in Manhattan. Yeah. But, um, like, how have you been able to stay open when everyone else closes? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that's uh, really helped us, you're, you're intimately familiar with both places. I know you've, you've dined here and you've had, uh, uh, you've had events at both places. And, you, you know, you, one of the big things that people take away is they're like, oh, all these bottles are stored on the walls. Mm-hmm. And that, that literally was a, a big saving grace for us because, you know, all these people, when we were closed, we had so many people with a vested interest in us reopening. Yeah. And so when people, when we were, when people were able to go back out, I mean, you know, they already had purchased bottles uh, that had been stored in our bottle keep. So they came to our place. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I gotta believe that helped us a lot. Um, the people that I feel bad for the most is, is the ones that really didn't get a chance to get much traction. Like a lot of these venues that closed hadn't been open very long. You know, understandably, it's like it takes a while for you to get uh, to get a, a loyal following. Right. And a lot of these these you know these these uh, restaurants they opened up and you know they they were soon forgotten once they closed. So fortunately, both of both of my places have a few years behind their belts, especially Flatiron Room. So. You know, we've had a chance to build that. And they're very similar concepts in that you have music, you know, and you have good whiskey, which, you know, that's what the Fred Minnick Show is all about. It's about combining music and uh, and whiskey. We've had a lot of great musicians on. Yep. And, um, you know, I walked in here and tonight's musician was playing the theme song from Narcos. To, like, wait, to what? He was playing the theme song from Narcos. I was like, <laughs> I love it. Oh, that is. I didn't. I didn't hear that one. That's great. Yeah, I did a good job with it. But yeah. how do you how do you find your talent? So, uh, great question. When um, when we first opened, it was incredibly challenging because I didn't know what I wanted, and I didn't. I really didn't know. I didn't. I didn't understand the music scene. I didn't really know what was. Uh, 
I, I in my mind I kind of knew what I what I felt belonged on the stage, but I didn't know the terminology. I didn't know the vernacular. Right. I didn't understand what a listening room was. A listening room, by the way, is what we're not. A listening room is where people pay a cover charge. They go to a venue and you have to be quiet. You right. can't talk. Like what we're doing right now would never fly at a, at a listening room. So we had to get musicians that understood that. We had to get musicians that felt like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm happy to play in, a, in an environment where people are going to be talking when I'm playing. Um, so, you know, having been around for like Flatiron Room has been there 10 years, we now have a repertoire with musicians that that match our vibe and we maintain that relationship and uh you know we we put them on heavy rotation we we rest them for a while or we swap them between venues yeah. and then we bring them back um but you know yeah fortunately we there's no shortage of incredibly talented musicians especially in new york city uh so you know we 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 have ample uh people to pick from that's great. Now you you got your start in nightclubs, isn't that right? Oh yes, you're going long, in a dark, dark long, period. Long, long time ago. Should we get a, a bottle of Grey Goose uh, well, and some Red Bull and talk about this? <laughs> well, what was the nightclub scene like? It was horrible. I hated it. I hated it. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I was first of all, I was never a nightclub guy, and how I got into it, I don't know. But um, I, it was. It was. You know, it was profitable, uh, but it was like I felt like I was playing Russian roulette every every night we opened. Um, and like I literally you might get shot. Well, you know, the way I, I kind of equate it was it was like gas in one hand uh, and then fire in the other. And what I mean by that, if I break those two things down, you know, we have very young clientele, uh, you know, they're they're, you know, 21, right around 21, let's just say. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we have an extreme amount of alcohol and, uh, you know, it was bottle service was a big thing then. And it was just it was just, uh, you know, it just, you know, the it, it was it was an accident waiting to happen. And, right. and unfortunately, in that industry, I mean, fortunately, you know, a lot of people um, that also have nightclubs and, you know, there were just bad things that kept happening. And, you know, and I was at a point where I I. You know, it was my career, and I really did enjoy hospitality, but uh, the nightclub scene just wasn't me. And that's when I, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in hospitality. I'm gonna close down the nightclub, and I'm just gonna reopen, and I'm gonna be the demographic. Like when I had the nightclub, I was chasing cool. I was like trying to yeah. stay on top of what cool was. And frankly, you know, the older I got, the less the less and less cool I became. We're so uncool We're to a 21-year-old. So oh, God. Well, I don't was... know. A lot of younger, you know, people turning 21, 22, they don't want a, a beer keg. They want a nice glass of bourbon. So, I don't mm. know. We might be cool, actually. Well, so that audience, a different audience, you know. Yeah, okay. It was like the people that were in the nightclub scene, they were looking for, you know, they were celebrity hunters, and it, was, it, was, it okay. wasn't my scene. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to close down. I'm going to be the demographic. I'm going to play create a place that's more timeless that doesn't uh, go out of style mm -hmm. that isn't going to be like you know the 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 flashy new thing in your pocket right um and that's when i opened up uh the flat iron room well right now we're at fine and rare and i want to i want to paint a picture for everybody yeah it's uh it we're in december so a lot of beautiful christmas themes you got uh you got a fireplace going you've got uh 
the wreath. The wreath. It's not. It's like a wreath around the the fireplace. Yeah. You got the three horses up top, and then there's there's bourbon everywhere and the Christmas lights everywhere. Yeah. And you've got a band tonight playing uh, Christmas covers and just general popular ones. And this is, I, I was texting with you before, but this is a dream of mine. I grew up like I've always been a big fan of sports talk radio. Yeah. And sports talk uh, hosts always have like shows in like sports bars. They always yeah. have them. And I've always wanted to do a show in like a restaurant yeah. with music in the background. <laughs> and and it's not like I just go and like and say, hey, I want to do a show here. It's like it's gotta it's gotta fit. It's gotta be right. Fred, I'm gonna interrupt you because we need uh, more drinks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh do you want you want another bourbon old fashioned or you want to go something neat? I, I'm feeling I, I'm feeling a little neat right now. And do you all have any barrel picks? Uh, we're depleted all of our barrel picks, unfortunately. Okay. Fortunately and unfortunately. Um, what what do you, what, what, tell me what you're thinking. So first of all, i tell the listeners, because we're not doing video on this one. This is audio only. It's a right. rare, this is a rare audio <laughs> only uh, episode for me. Uh, but waiter just walked, what's your name, sir? Matt? Nash. Nash. He's got a fine and rare mask on. That's a pretty kick-ass mask, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm a branding guy. I mean, that, he's, I got, brand he's got the everything. F and R, and it's, it's well-branded. <laughs> um, so I'm in the mood for... I'm in the mood for, like, a Jack, a Jack Daniels... Jack Daniels rye, or, like, a... Um, or, like, a Russell's Reserve rye. Russell's six-year-old, something like... Yeah, Russell's... I'm in the mood for rye. So I'll do Russell's six-year-old. Uh, nice and neat, and, and a little water. And then I got I got all this equipment over here, so just be careful, because because if you unplug anything by even if by accident, for her. the show goes. <laughs> Holly. So do you play any musical instruments? You know, uh, <laughs> first of all, what, what I'm about to answer, don't look too deep into it, thinking like I'm a repressed musician and this is my way of... <laughs> when I was in college, I played bass. Not college, high school. I played bass uh, and I had like a garage band. I, I wasn't any good, uh, but that has nothing to do with this concept. Well, I can totally see you being like Kurt Cobain-ish. So, yeah, you know, I, I got a few cardigans that are, uh, you know, <laughs> mothballed, so I could do that. Love um, it. So, yeah, so this is, um, you know, you talked about the decor. Uh, so fine and rare, a little bit different than flat iron room. Yeah, um, it is. Similar concept. I mean, it's got, when people walk in, I'll tell you, one of the, the, the biggest things that I loved when we first opened is I would kind of be a fly on the wall. And a lot of guests that came in, they would say, uh, this kind of reminds me of the Flatiron Room. And one person went so far as saying, um, looks like they ripped off the Flatiron Room. <laughs> and I, uh, at that point, I had to introduce myself. And I was like, yeah, well, we kind of did. Because uh, I own it. <laughs> yeah. So it was more of like, you know, I guess if you have a, if you look at Flatiron Room as more of a beta test, you know, we knew what worked and uh, we, we kind of transferred the items that worked. 
uh, and we built on that. I did want to make fine and rare more food focused though. Yeah. So this is a little more food focused, uh, a little more fine dining, but still in a nice supper club atmosphere. Well, I will say too, you may not like this, uh -oh. but you brought a little bit of that old school club with these like, <laughs> with this right oh, here. Cause no. we're up oh, on a no. pedestal. It's like, I want to sit here. They got people down there and they're like, why, why didn't we get that seat, honey? It's not your birthday, is it? Cause I can bring some uh, sparklers yeah. <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, no, I guess you're right. But you know what? So here's- That's here, not a bad thing though. I like that. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And here's the thing, like the way I look at, um, the way I look at it and you know, in terms of like the demographic, we're certainly, I, we're, you know, we're going for, a, I, I want to say a mature minded audience, right? Like, and I'll be, I'll, I'll put an asterisk next to that. I say mature minded because you can be 21 and still come here, but it's right. like, don't come here expecting, you know, shots of Jaeger and, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's a different vibe. We, we don't have an age, you know, requirement, certainly not. Uh, but it's more of like, if you want something a little more refined, a little more sophisticated, you know, we, we want you to come to us. I get it, I get it. Now, the the, the empire that you have built, yeah. you, you are looking at really in the whiskey community there, there are some there are some bars around town yeah. that have whiskey in the name yeah. that uh, basically just piss on on, on whiskey. Yeah, you know, they, they don't really do a good job. I won't yeah. name them. Yeah, because they're yeah, probably yeah, your yeah. friends, but but yeah. like they don't do a good job of representing the community. Everybody in the whiskey world wants to come here, wants to come to your places. I tell people about it. Yeah, my good you. friend Michael Veach does. Oh, you know, I love Michael. Michael's the best. Yeah, I love Michael. I need to catch up. Did with he get married yet, or, or no? No, I don't think so. No, they're just they're no, just riding he, that uh, engaged thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's. <laughs> I think he's just riding that for a bit, but I think that time will come. Yeah, they're 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 a beautiful couple. Um, yeah, so you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that about whiskey bars because I, I remember my business plan when I wrote for the Flatiron Room. I mentioned the whiskey bar and whiskey bar is one of those things that people throw that name around, especially 10 years ago. Right. They throw it around and it has nothing to do with whiskey. Like the term whiskey bar is is more of a, you know, at the time it conjured up like, you know, peanuts on the floor, sawdust on the floor, like a, a, a bison head on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and it really wasn't about whiskey. It was more about an attitude. And at the time, that's specifically why I didn't call the Flatiron Room Flatiron Room Whiskey Bar because I didn't want people to have any kind of preconceived notions of 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 what we were going to be. Because you know, frankly, it, ten years ago when we opened, like if if I said Whiskey Bar, people had connotations that weren't always positive. You know, right. um, because a lot of people have taken the name Whiskey Bar and it, they didn't focus on whiskey they focused on the attitude and I really wanted to focus on whiskey. And, you know, ironically, I had to leave the name whiskey out of our name to focus on that, you yeah. know, in, in my thinking was, look, anybody that came to our, our venue that was into whiskey was going to know it. They're going to be right. like, Oh yeah. They, just because they don't say it, it doesn't mean that it's not it, you know, yeah. like we really wanted to represent whiskey properly. Um, you know, in Brandy Library, uh, you know, I love those guys and they they did it properly. I remember taking a lot of inspiration from them. Um, 
I felt they did a really good job with it. And I said, well, I, I could do that. And I, you know, of course I wanted to do it better. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was, that's kind of it. It's in interesting, uh, interesting note. Well, and the and the time frame is different now. Now, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now sure. everybody is. Uh, it's cool to be in whiskey. It's cool to be in bourbon. Yeah, for you know? sure. And it was back then too. Yeah. But when you when you made, when you made that jump, like it was a risk. Oh my God, it was you such know? a risk. But you know, a hundred percent. It's, but you know, that's entrepreneurship though. You know, it's right. everything is a risk, and I'm convinced that. You know, entrepreneurs are like genetically coded to not, uh, you know, to just not, if you think through anything, I mean, you're gonna find a million reasons why not to do it. And there, there literally was a million reasons why I, I should never do something like that. You know, nightclubs, hospitality in general, I mean, it's got like a 95% failure rate. Yeah. Um, but you either make it or you don't, you know, and you just have to be willing to accept that risk. Now, I will tell you, I don't know. I know the statistics of restaurants. I don't know the statistics of a coffee startup. So, oh, like, God. And know, again, I don't either. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I am, don't even tell me. Don't tell me. I'm still riding this new rush. I mean, it's so and, and it's in, it was in my calendar for this evening, you know, for this interview. And the name of your coffee is, is um, my morning. The morning dram. The morning dram. The, the yeah. morning dram. Yep. I was going to say my morning jacket. I don't know why. Uh, uh, the morning dram. And so yep. I kept looking at my calendar. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be tomorrow. Like, oh, no, it's tonight. It kept throwing me off. Oh, my like, gosh. That's funny. That's funny. But but so you started a, a coffee company. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did, is this something that was inspired by the actions of the pandemic or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it was inspired by me having a lot of time on my hands and, and having, you know, crazy ADD needing yeah. to do something um both of my restaurants were completely closed and i needed i was thinking like i needed i needed first of all something to put my energy on otherwise i was just going to stress out um and i thought you know i wanted to really leverage what i was passionate about and that was you know whiskey and spirits in general um and and i didn't want to and i also wanted to do something that i you know the the concept had to be something that i i had an equal amount of passion for and you know in the name what we just mentioned the morning dram it came from me thinking about like what i do in daily in life right and one of the things i do is like i have a dram of whiskey at night i love a good dram of bourbon i love i love you know i love scotch i love i love whiskey and in the morning i love coffee i just it's something that you know i go to bed at night and i i look forward to having a cup of coffee in the morning and I thought, well, that would be cool if I could combine the two things that I love. Uh, and I started doing some research and I actually took a trip to Colombia with, with my young son. And I just said, I wanna immerse myself in coffee so I can get a, a fully a good comprehending of what it is and how it's made. And when I went over there, it was, I gotta tell you, man, it had so many similarities to, uh, to, to, to whiskey. You know, it's such a, um, it's such a craft, uh, 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 the way they do it, it's so, it's so overly laborious and, and like there's, there's probably a million ways to do it more efficiently, um, but people refuse to do it that way because they think it's going to compromise quality. Um, and when I, you know, when I tasted that, I was like, that's it. I need, I need to combine the two. 
Uh, and then I started playing around with barrel aging. Again, I had a lot of free time yeah. in my hand. Um, I had. You, did you do the barrel age? What did you find was better, barrel aging after it's roasted or when it's green? So when it, when the bean is green is when it's most susceptible to imparting new flavors, uh, similar to like uh, you know uh, new make spirit, right? It's um it has all these natural, uh, you know all these natural rich flavors from the cask, um, a freshly dumped cask. Uh, and then you put these green beans in it before technically it's even coffee. It's a green bean. And what I liked the most about it was really looking at the different varieties of beans and understanding the different flavor profiles that these beans yielded, you know, similar to whiskey, right? Like bourbon has unique flavor profile uh, and so does, and so does uh, 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 coffee. Like Honduras, for instance, um, Hello, we just had a... Uh, oh, what do we have here? What's an easy dozen? Oh, no. Is it, a, is it a whiskey sour? Uh, a whiskey sour just came to the table. It's very beautiful, we though. Doing? It's got a really nice froth. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. So I love playing around with the natural flavors in the cast. For instance, Honduras beans, you know, it, it they, they give off a nice chocolatey note. Um that pairs really well with like bourbon casks and sherry casks. So that was like when I when I had the most fun is I I, I borrowed some uh, not borrowed I I I received some. Uh, so let me yeah I, I want to paint the picture. We got booze coming for the audience. So uh, our waiter just what's his name again? I forgot already. Dash. Dash. Nash. 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 Nash with an N. Nash with an N. Just like Nashville. Just brought a uh, a really nice. Uh, entourage of like ice, water. He's got some tongs there and he's holding the Russell's Reserve single barrel. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the turkey rise. Uh, I'm going to disappoint you all. You brought all this out. It's going to be like bringing out milk and sugar for someone who just drinks their coffee black. Yeah. I just want it neat. But the I, same. I, I like it. I like that look. Um, actually, Nash, if you could grab me a Red Bull, I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, it's a joke. He, he wants a vodka as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Actually, that's the most vo airtime vodka's got gotten on this <laughs> podcast. Outside of saying it sucks. Oh, God, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, I had a lot of fun with, uh, you know, maturing. I had these small test barrels, and I played around with a lot of different beans and a lot of different barrels. You know, and I bought a small um, a roaster. So I was, you know, roasting my coffee, trying where, where it. Where does one buy a roaster? Just get it on Amazon. Um, or? you could. There's a bunch out there. Uh, thank, thank you, Nash. Nash. Uh, cheers, cheers, Fred. Um. So. Oh. Uh, that's nice. Really is. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, all that time in the airplane made me want rye. I didn't want bourbon. <laughs> I wanted some spice. Um, what was I saying? Uh, you where you got your coffee roaster? Oh yeah. So uh, where can you buy a coffee roaster? Um, you can buy. Thank you. Uh, you can buy them. Um, there's a bunch out there. Someone had recommended an Ikawa, I K A W A, uh, a commercial test roaster. That's what I bought. It's a lot of fun. Um, for me, I'm a very visual person. I'm a very right brain person. I need to, 
touch it, feel it. I can't, I'm not the person that, you know, reads uh, to learn. I need to do it. I need to experience it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's um, applied learning, they call it. What's that? They called it applied learning when I was applied, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's me. Uh, I need to, I, I, you know, otherwise I'll, I, I can supplement it with like, you know, facts and, and figures uh, on through a book. But in general, I, you know, I really need to see it, touch it, smell it um, okay. to, to, to understand it. And going to Columbia was was really eye opening for me. And it's and I, I got to you know, I got to go back to it. I equate it so much to um, to just the process of making whiskey. It's it's incredibly uh, you know, it's it's such a simple spirit with just the three yeah. ingredients. But, you know, it's like it's so uh, it, it, you know, it's the way they go about producing. It's so complex and so um, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said. So, it, so today's coffee is like so good. And there's so many people we can like say had a hand in that. But why was coffee so bad in this country for so long? Like people's understanding of what was good coffee in 1985 was Maxwell House. Yeah. Both Folgers. Yeah. But listen, I got to hand it to Maxwell House. They uh, they still I mean, to this day, you reference Maxwell House. I mean, yeah. talk about branding. I mean, I yeah. remember my parents, uh, you know, I'd go down to my dad's workshop and sure enough, there was Maxwell House cans filled with screws and nuts and bolts and you know it's kind of it's kind of brilliant um you know i think you know it's a good question like what's changed with coffee for me uh, i drink coffee black i i i I feel like it has all if you're drinking really good coffee you really don't want to complicate it with with milk and sugar and in a pump of syrup um you know it's just uh there's and i think you know, starting the, the morning dram, one of the things that I discovered was when I drink whiskey, I'm really appreciated. I really try to engage all my senses without even thinking about it. I mean, like I smell it. I look at the viscosity in the glass. I really, really enjoy that. And, and, I, and I really enjoy whiskey, but I equally enjoy coffee. But frankly, before I started the morning dram, I didn't really give it two thoughts. I just drank it you know and and when i started kind of uh peeling back the layers of this this uh you know of coffee i started seeing that there's a lot of similarities between the two you know there's terroirs involved um the way they uh uh, uh you know the, like the natural pro the way they process the the beans right. all of these are going to yield different results on the coffee um and now, you know, when I'm drinking coffee, you know, single origin coffee, I'm always looking for these subtle nuances that um, I would have never thought about before. Uh, and so it's, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's fun to learn something new again. You know. So how many barrels did you have going? Oh gosh, uh, right now uh, we have about 12 different barrels uh, down, down below. Um, where we're storing everything. When I first started, uh, we were just experimenting with bourbon and rye barrels, right. um, and those are those are great. I mean, they're just there's they 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 meld so perfectly with coffee. Um, and then I got an Apera sherry cask um, that I played around with, uh, and now I'm working on a, a Scotch cask. 
Oh wow! Yeah, so um, it's it's really it's 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 finding the right beans that work well with that with that uh, coffee. Yeah, or oh, that 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 barrel. I remember uh, seeing uh, seeing a barrel that uh, the beans were put in once, and it like the barrel started warping inside because the beans had been extracting so much. Oh my gosh, for sure, for sure. So yeah, it's it's interesting you say that. Um, you know, and again, it's been a big learning curve for me. So all this stuff is very, very new. Um, I recently bought a moisture meter and yeah, the beans, they plump, you know, they, they literally plump. Um, you put them in a freshly dumped cask and, and, and they're, they're absorbing and they're sucking out all these different nuances. And, you know, a question I get asked a lot is like, how long do I keep it in the cask? And I got to tell you, it varies. Right. It varies. And that's why, you know, I, I feel pretty proud that I have such an active role in the production of this because I can't just, you know, mark it on my calendar and say, OK, in seven days, I'm going to pull the beans. I'm literally checking it, uh, you know, frequently. And I pull a little bit out. I let it dry a little bit, check the moisture content. Uh, I test roast it, um, you know, and then I think. You know, ultimately, you know, frankly, it comes down to it's subjective, right? It's all right. taste. Some people want uh, to impart as much flavor from the barrel as possible. Um, for me, I like to have, I like to mix it up. I, I like to have, I want that perfect balance of uh, of wood influence and beans. I don't want it. I don't want the barrel to overpower the flavor of coffee. I really want a nice balance between okay. the two. Now we're we're also in a place in, uh, in 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 coffee where the Keurig comes out a few years ago, and then everybody has a Keurig. That whole single pod oh, God, kind I of know. phenomenon. I know. And like now people aren't 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 brewing coffee anymore. Yeah. They're they're doing it on demand. Yeah, I know, I know. So uh, look. I, yeah, I went through different phases. Uh, you know, in college, I had, uh, you know, Mr. Coffee. Um, and that was advanced because, you know, that was generally most people were going to the store and just buying it. Um, you know, got out of college. Uh, you know, we had the we had the the K-Pods or is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. K-Pods, Keurig. Um, yeah, and yeah. then we had the Nespresso, um, you know, and then and. You know, we've done everything from pour overs to uh, French roasts to all these different varieties. There's something very, I don't know, something very almost therapeutic of grinding your own beans, whether that be with a hand grinder or an electric grinder, um, you know, in, in, in making some hot water uh, and doing a nice pour over. Um, yeah, for, for me, there's no substitute. Listen, I'm not knocking uh the pods because they're definitely quick and convenient and they serve a purpose um but the truth is once you grind those beans they're they're oxidizing you know you're not you're losing some of the flavor okay. uh, as soon as the beans are are ground and that's why we always recommend you know we want you to first we want you to grind the beans right before um you you brew the coffee and that's when you're going to get the most flavor all right so now is now is a fun part of the interview, where you're a, you're a nice guy, 
Yep. I'm going to ask you to be a, a bit of a dick, a little bit more like me. Sure. You know, when I'm when I'm reviewing something. Sure. If I don't like something, I'm very, very po- You know, I'm very active in saying how much I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a curse in some ways, but the worst cup of coffee I ever had was Army coffee. Anybody who ever served in the Army, you know what I'm talking about. It comes out, it's like oil. It was, <laughs> it was gritty. It was grimy. It was disgusting. But that cup of coffee pales in comparison to what a sergeant major told me. I will, I will save that story uh, for when you tell me your worst cup of coffee. All right. There's not an audio failure. This is a, a pause while I think about things. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, there's there's <laughs> there's one and I don't know if this in, this is in, included in it or not. And it just came to me. I was on the coast of Maine at a diner um, and I got a cup of coffee uh, and I in the cup of coffee, I drank the cup of coffee and I and it tasted funky, um, which sometimes you get at a diner. You get funky yeah. coffee. Yeah. You um, and there was not like not like Kenyan funk where you no, like in some of the coffees. There. No, I don't actually mind Kenyan coffee. I, I, I think uh, Ethiopian coffee like I, I don't I don't mind that. But. At the bottom of the coffee, and mind you, this was, I had to get through it. So the fact that I even you got. Needed, you needed the caffeine. I needed the caffeine. It was morning. Um, I needed something to cut through the, the you know, the butter on the pancakes. Um, at the <laughs> bottom of the pan, uh, the bottom of the cup of coffee um, was grinds, was oh. gr- grinds, which happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. But mixed in with those grinds was an insect. An insect? An insect, yeah. Oh. And I, yeah, I was like, uh, wow, I should have just stopped when I tasted the funk. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so, one, one can hope you at least extracted some protein. I guess you could from, say that. From, I the, guess, from the insect, you know? I guess you could say that. But that was probably my worst, yeah, my worst cup of coffee. Um, first of all, I mean, I was glad that I was able to at least have enough of a palate to decipher there was something funky with that yeah and i suspect that that insect that was in the grinds were was probably one of many yeah yeah so was it a roach it was a roach thank you for, for saying that yeah, yeah it was a cockroach i said insect because i don't know if your listeners are like you know having breakfast or having yeah. dinner <laughs> I just said insect. It sounds more National Geographic than cockroach. I mean, where there is one, there are many. With the oh roach. my God! That's yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was just, it was kind of disgusting. Yeah. By the way, you 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 own and operate two restaurants in New York. You have the cleanest restaurants I've ever been to. Oh my God! It's I don't know ridiculous. how the hell you do it because uh, a lot of you, money. You walk, you walk three blocks that way. You see a rat the size of your head. Yes. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Mm. It's challenging when the streets are uh, what they are, uh, but you know you just have to you have service. You know it's not about um, fixing a problem; it's about uh, you know maintaining. Uh, oh my God! Oh, Here, big, we go. Here we go! Here we go! Just popped up, and what yeah. we're gonna do? We're actually gonna continue eating while we talk. Yes, let's do it. 
Pauline, th this is the surf and turf, I believe. So, oh my God, this is yeah, so Yeah, look at that. So, the crab and the burrata's going here. Awesome. We got some nice vegetables here. Yeah. So this this is a... We're doing a, surf and turf, Fred. A, a big bone just dropped on the table. Looks like we got some scallops over there. Yeah. So we won't chew too much on here. We'll wrap it up here in a bit, but but I definitely want to like Speak get for a, yourself. I definitely want to get a bite in the. <laughs> uh... So can you um, hand me that plate? I can't quite reach the plate. So All I'm right. going to tell you what we got. We have some uh, uh, jumbo shrimp uh, cocktail. Um, I told them to bring it all all at once. Um, I've got some candied carrots for us, uh, some glazed carrots, nice. uh, potato gratin, and then the uh, the main course. I wish you guys could see this. It's this massive uh, 32 ounce tomahawk steak. Um, if you eat this, uh, you get a free T-shirt. That's a joke. <laughs> Remember they, John? Remember John Candy? John Candy, the, yeah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> um, isn't he missed? And we also have some scallops as well. Is um, it scallops or scallops? You go to Maine, they say scallops. Scallops, yeah. If you're from uh, Minnesota, it's scallops. Yeah. Man, oh, this, this is looks beautiful. Great. I'm gonna reach over here and get that scallop. Yeah, for sure. I say scallop too, by the way. What? What's this guy here? A little, Potato au gratin. Little au gratin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's it's kind of like festive too. It looks like a little Christmassy. Is that how it's normally presented? Uh, yes. Yeah. So what you're seeing those red things are uh, uh, red peppercorns. Mm, nice. Uh, they add a little bit of. Uh, you know, plating to it. You know, speaking of plating, you all can't see this, but, um, you know, plating is super important. Uh, you know, there's no cliche in the restaurant industry. It's like the first bites with the eyes. Um, I go a step further. It's like the first bites with the nose, second bites with the eyes, third bites with your taste, with your, with your mouth. So I just got a big old honking piece of shrimp here. Nice. Where do you, where do you get are, are these um, are these shrimp from are these are these coming out of the Mississippi area? No, I doubt it. Um, I don't know where they're coming from though. You know, to be honest, um, a lot of our uh, providers, everybody's going through the supply chain, and for all right. your listeners that are having similar problems in your industry, know that. It, it's in the food industry as well. Like for us getting, you know, we want to get mad at our, our normal suppliers, but we can't because, you know, they'll say like the farmers, they can't get it from the farmers because the farmers are having a hard time getting it to, you know, the middlemen who we buy from. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a challenge. It's a really complicated issue. Such a complicated thing. Um, even on bourbon. Glass shortage. Hmm? There's such a glass shortage. Such a glass shortage. 
people will ask why we haven't got XYZ brand. And, you know, unfortunately, we just, it's, it's, we just can't get it. I mean, there's such a back order on so many items. Um, so, I just killed the shrimp. Wherever that shrimp came from, bless the waters. It was in because it was delicious. <laughs> going, I'm going in for the steak. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big steak fan. Always have been. But these days, I'm cutting back a little bit. Me too. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat a little less red meat. So it's a special occasion for me to have red meat. Oh man, isn't that nice? Yeah, I, uh, you know, what you just said, I echo that. I've been trying to cut back on my uh, my red meat intake, but you know, meeting an old friend, uh, perfect excuse. Yeah, and, 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 and the reason why is simply because I'm trying to lose weight. You know, I'm trying to get healthier. Yeah, and it seems, and it's not that it's not that red meat in itself is. It's bad for you. It's that when I eat when I eat a steak, I normally have like more bourbon than I should or wine yeah. than I should. Yeah. So it's not the red meat's fault in my in my situation. <laughs> it's my inability to like surround the red meat with uh, amazing deliciousness. Mm. Yeah, this is good. I haven't had red meat in a while. This is so good. Go to a restaurant. Everybody listening, go to your local restaurant that you haven't been to in a while and support them. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. Just just support wow. them. Order that steak, you know, because, uh, you know, so many industries are hurting right now. Like, treat yourself to a nice big steak. Well... We're gonna go ahead and press pause while uh, while we finish up dinner. Great, and we'll and we'll come back to a nice cup of coffee. Awesome. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, and we're back after a really beautiful meal there. That was, you know, Tommy. That was gorgeous. Ah, thank you, thank you. It's, uh, yeah, I one of the, um, yeah, one of the rewards of owning a restaurant. You get yes. to eat well. Right. So. Now we have to talk about what what whiskey is next. Yes, yes. What are you in the mood for? Mm. I set the tone earlier with rye. Yeah, rye rye got me going. I think we should stick on the American front. Um, maybe we could do like a special release from somebody. Uh, maybe we could do. Uh, yes. Like, what do you think about uh, wild turkey or Michter's? Well, we just had a wild turkey, so let's go with a Michter's. Okay, let's do a Michter's. And Michter's, you know, I'm a big fan of their stuff, and they support the show, and they're good yeah. friends. So great. Yeah, yeah I love I love Michter's. Um, okay, we'll get our server over here, and uh, I wonder if we have some toasted barrel. I think we might have some toasted barrel stuff. Oh boy, that that is a weakness. Yeah. The Toasted Series is a weakness of mine. Yeah, let me see what they got. Um, and you know what? Actually, a nice bourbon and chocolate tends to go really well. So I'm going to 
I'm going to go ahead and bypass ordering this. Um, could we get, uh, I think we have a Michter's toasted barrel. We'll do that. And then we'll do the, uh, 28 layer cake and the chocolate dome. Sweet on sweet. Sweet on sweet. Yeah. They kind of complement yeah. each other. Uh, neat. And then, um, our friend, uh, three of the Michter's. So in in the distance is uh, is Pauline. Pauline is yeah, the yeah. publicist for uh, Flatiron for all your stuff, or is it yes. just a coffee? All, no, everything? no, for everything? everything. Flatiron Room, fine and rare. Okay. And, yeah. And we just tried to get her a whiskey. She said no at first. She said no, but, but we you know I'm just gonna put it. it there. She also said no to the steak, and I put it there, and what do you know? It disappeared. I, well, she she said like you know, can you cut it? And then she devoured. She devoured the steak. She, she did not not to call yeah. you out on that, but it, you did. But uh, you know, listen, this is just it, it. It just feels like a very festive evening here, and you know, restaurants are coming back in New York. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. What, what, what's it been like the last uh, year and a half, two years, being a restaurant tour in New York? Yeah, I mean, it's. Listen, it's it's uh, I mean, it really the last year and a half kind of summarizes what being an entrepreneur is like. And that's extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, you know, obviously we were closed down, completely closed down, you know, sad, um, uncertain feelings of like, you know, are we going to open up again? What's the climate going to be like? Are we going to be back? like we were before um and i think you know my my thinking was always like let's not focus on who we were let's just focus on who we're going to be uh and, and you were doing you, i remember in the survival stage oh god you were doing like tasting kits and like cocktails to go little things like that yeah we tr we we were we were scattering everything we tr the the tasting kits hit and believe it or not they're still a thing we still do very well business with that. Uh, we tried the tasting. We tried the cocktails to go, failed miserably. We we tried takeout. Uh, invested a lot in uh, a website where people could order takeout, uh, and I invested a lot in you know really premium takeout gear, uh, takeout utensils and stuff. Failed miserably. Uh, you know, live and learn. It just people didn't want to, you know, and I get it. I get I think, you know, fine dining is really not meant for takeout. Yeah, I think it's it's, um, you know, the chef is is I look at our chef as an artist and everything is presented and it's cooked to perfection. It's meant to be ate, eaten immediately. It's meant to be, you know, looked at visually, you know, as it's plated. And it just doesn't translate well to, you know, a, even a nice takeout box. Yeah. So it didn't work for us. Um, Have you had any issues with like Uber Eats or anyone like that, like getting no. takeout from you? Uh, for now, because we just don't do it. Yeah. We just don't do takeout anymore. I mean, every once in a while, someone will call in and we'll just, you know, we'll do it. We'll make an exception. But um, so it's been it's been extreme highs, extreme lows. Um, but we celebrate the small victories, you know? We celebrate being able to keep our outdoor uh, uh, dining structure. Um, we celebrate- Which is very beautiful. It's like its own little restaurant over there. Yeah, it really is. It's. I looked at it as like, 
you know, I wanted, to, if we're going to invest in it, I wanted to extend our brand. I wanted people to feel still connected to the restaurant. I wanted them to feel like yeah. it was still on brand with us. You know, surely you're not going to get the live music, but um, we wanted it to feel like special. So we, we, we I think we did it right. Um, but And the way it's done, it, it's, uh, so to paint the picture, uh, it, it's like a trailer kind of size but with like nice nice wood nice interior yeah open facing yep so like it's air airborne yeah so i i um i you know the inside we you know we put in refrigerate we put in uh an air conditioning unit we put in heating lamps uh you know we i i got a bunch of great photography we put in some chandeliers okay uh i actually sourced these old beams that came from uh, a 200 year old amish barn um that we used oh, as wow. our yeah so cool uh so we we use those as kind of like a, a facade for it so we have these big columns that are kind of you know it's it's faux but it's holding up the um it's it it appears like it's holding up the structure even though it's not but the columns are are legit i mean they're like i said they're 200 years old i got them in pennsylvania um you know cut them down uh cut them to size and and you know put some uh, uh danish oil on them and it it, it looks wow. it looks beautiful yeah so now like if you come to new york you got to show your vaccine card or yep. your or, yep. or whatever everywhere you go. Yep. And I'm doing an event here this week, and I had people like yelling at me. Well, oh, not yelling, sure. but like yeah. emailing me, yep. putting stuff on social media. Like it has to be vaccinated. Like I, I don't have a choice in this. Mm -hmm. It's not my call. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be vaccinated. I mean, that's your choice, whatever. Yeah. But like the, the city of New York says vaccines you have to be vaccinated to enter a restaurant yep yep What's and that's that been like i'm glad you with? you pointed it out so when it first came out you know I, I we had a team meeting and i talked to my staff i said listen you're going to get a lot of hate in the next few weeks because people are going to come in and they're going to say you know how do you support this and this is ridiculous and and know when they're screaming and believe me they screamed that they're not screaming at you, they're screaming at the universe because they're right. not, they're just pissed off and I get it. They're pissed off, but you know, we're a restaurant and we're pissed off, but you know, there's nothing we can really, we're, we're just, we, we, you know, we have to follow the rules and, and uh, you know, we're going to get penalized even worse than we have been if we don't. So let them air their grievances and, you know, hopefully they come, they, they, they come around and they realize it's not us and they did you know i remember i felt bad for my my team uh in the office because they had to take these calls saying you know we have an event with you and this is you know and they went off and and you know we expected it uh and now they they come around you know and you know i did an event i did a private event uh at the flight iron room uh yeah a, a couple months ago and that was one of the the event planner was like reaching out to my my assistant and was saying like was very nervous about asking me if I was vaccinated. Yeah, and uh, it was they were like it's private, but we have to know. Yeah, and like this this poor event planner was thinking like she's gonna have to tell me I can't come. I'm like oh, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. So yeah, what's it, messed up about it is in what what gets me is 
is they, they're putting us in charge of policing it. And that's where I have the issue. That's not our job, man. We're simple restaurant people, you know? Yeah. We, we, we don't want to be the guys that are like shaking people down for their card and, and, and you know, leaving this impression on them. So uh, we're going to have to, our server came. He left. Yeah, we, we've got uh, a little bit amount of bottle one. It, it's about tapped, but he brought some, uh, he brought some. So to paint a picture here, what happened is the Toasted Barrel, which is premium bottle pours here in New York City, is down to uh, its last Two pours, beloved I... pours. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I may, I'm going to call an audible here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not going to take that from your, sir, your, your folks who want that bottle. Uh, so we'll go ahead and pull that out. And in, uh, instead, uh, Nash brought uh, Mictor's 10-year-old. And then we got, what do we have here? Uh, flip it for me. It's the American whiskey. Okay, uh, so that's the standard American whiskey. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're probably going to be polite, Fred. I'm going to say 10. All right. Let's do the 10. We'll I do mean, the 10-year-old. We had a tomahawk steak. Let's let's do the 10. I, I love the 10, to be honest. Well, you never know. Another bottle might magically show up on your doorstep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's foreshadowing, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the ten-year-old. Yeah. And he's got he's got a perfect pouring technique. He's eye, he's got an eye level as he's pouring. There's a little nick in the wax there. Those Michter's uh, waxes, man, they 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 need to change the formula on that wax. It's a little too rough. So we got Pauline to drink some of the Mictors. We're going to convert her from the whiskey sours to uh, neat pours. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Pauline, there we go. Uh, the nose on it is so beautiful. That's definitely one of the better releases of the year. Mm. Their 10 year is uh, is very good. So nice, so nice. So yeah, that's, um, you know, us having to police it when guests come in, that's not cool. It's a pain. Um, you know, our hosts that do it, they feel uncomfortable sometimes because, you know, even, even now, you know, there's quite a bit of time has passed and people will still come in and show resistance. And, you know, I get it, but don't, don't, don't take it out on the hosts that are just trying to do their job. You know, if you have, you have, you know, grievances with it, we get it. There's a lot of people that have grievances, but don't take it out on the, the, the restaurant workers. Yeah. And it, and it makes national news. Yeah. So it happens like enough where, you know, you see it and it, and it makes national news. So yeah. You hate to see it. It's part of the part of it. I I felt just a little bit of it, but um, it is. Um, it, and I have a I have friends who live in New York, and who are not vaccinated. I'm like, how the hell do you live here and yeah. not be vaccinated? It's crazy. It's it's a yeah. It's a workaround. It's it's a workaround. I I, you know, I talk to people all the time, and and they, 
it, usually they're apologizing the people that um, I'm referring to. They're like, oh, you haven't seen me much lately, but it's yeah. because, and then they go into their, you know, their reasoning. And I get it, man. I mean, I'm not forcing anything down anybody's throat. Yeah, you know? look, I, uh, I this is not to state an opinion on the vaccine. It's a matter of like, the state of New York and like what, yeah, for what, sure. What is what is done here? It's 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 quite a bit, quite a bit different than the rest of the country. Yeah. So yeah, but so from a restaurant perspective, like owning it, trying to operate here, I can see it being challenged. And yeah, but, but I'll you know to to spin things in a positive direction, we have, you know, we've we've seen such a resurgence of people. And they're they're really, uh, you know, I gotta say they've been really embracing going out and just um, celebrating, celebrating the fact that they can go out. Um, so you know, to give you an idea, like it's Monday night, and I think every table's filled, uh, and that's a great thing. You know, yeah. it's it's a great thing for us, but it's a great thing in general. It's a great thing for for everybody involved. I didn't realize how much. You know the domino effect happened um, when in, until COVID hit because you know us us having to close down meant we had to you know let go or, or suspend our marketing company, our PR company, our bands, our vendors, our sound engineers, um, and on and on and on and all these people our our, our trash company, our our uh, our pest control company, all these people and I didn't. I had no idea until yeah. I realized like, okay, well, you know, by, by, a, by a, a thriving restaurant doesn't just help the restaurant. There's so many people involved in it, you know, and when, when that yeah. closes, it just, you know, it just, it, it, it echoes through so many different industries. That's the economic output, you know, of yeah. your, of your company. So yeah, all our food vendors, all our beverage vendors, all of these people where everybody was hurting. So yeah, it's rough. So I, I'm looking around here and I see nothing but smiling faces, uh, date nights. Yeah. Uh, a couple of business meetings. Yep. Some friends getting together, but mostly, mostly date night. Yeah, yeah. Date night kind of place. Interesting. Yeah. That surprises me too. I mean, especially on a Monday, I guess that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So do you think most people uh, subway in here? Or are they cabin it? I think they're cabbing it. Yeah, I mean, people are, people are subwaying, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff going on in, in New York right now, and and I, I my 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 feel is that there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people are resisting some of the subways. There's been some, you know, unfortunately, there's been some some bad things happening in the subways. Um, so you know, I I think you know people are a little bit nervous about the subway still. Um, a lot of people are still taking it, um, but on a Monday night, I would say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we get more of a local crowd. Um, the closer we get to the weekend, it becomes more destination yeah. uh, where people are coming to, to celebrate bigger events, the meeting up with friends. Um, yeah. So tonight I would say less subway, more cabs or just walking over. Yeah. You know, if I lived if I lived in New York, I think I'd probably live in uh, Greenwich Village or East Side, Upper East Side. I lived there many years. I, I love those areas. Hey, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's it's uh, 
the way I used to, we lived in the West Village for a super long time. And it was, then we went down to Tribeca for quite a long time. And Beautiful it was, area. going down there was, we really felt like whenever we came home, we were escaping the city. We were escaping, yeah. you know, even though we were still in the heart of the city, but when you get down to those smaller streets that go in irregular directions, that have names rather than numbers, uh, you know, in, in, in cobblestones versus uh, asphalt, it, it just it just changes the dynamic. You know, it's it's a little more intimate. It's um, and it feels a little bit more community. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, when you when you think about when you think about like New York as a city, it's Times Square, right? Like yep. Times Square or, you know, Midtown. But when you get out on the on the edges, it just feels different. Yeah. Yeah. It's quieter. Could you ever live in New York City? No. No. I mean, <laughs> no hesitation. No, but I, I I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to live here. And in fact, there was a part in my career like prior to me, you know, getting getting published, um, I used to um, I would I would hit all these editors and I would hit all of these like agents and one thing after another they would they would tell me no I wouldn't be published and I have I I, I kid you not Tommy I have more than one thousand rejection letters love that made you stronger though right it totally made you wanted more I get that I get but that. but it made me like question you'd see all these authors out of nowhere yeah be nobodies. Yeah. you know serving coffee and then they're a, they're then they're an author yeah it's because they're in new york you have you have ability to get in a room with someone here yeah that the you immediacy not, yeah yeah you do not have the ability to meet someone in kentucky in the publishing industry mm -hmm. and i was like i'm going to i need to move there uh, and this was about my this was about my i think my iraq book so this was prior to me really having any kind of voice or presence in the bourbon scene. Yeah. But I was just I was just uh, in there enough, causing enough of a of a ripple in, in bourbon that people sorta of knew who I was. Yeah. And there was this there was this guy who said, Screw New York, focus on Kentucky and make everybody jealous of you who's in New York. Oh, I and love it, that. And it just kinda of stuck. Yeah. And um Yeah, that's great. And it you know, fast forward, yeah, 15, 14 years later, he was pretty well right. That's great. But That's it's a great. marathon. But if you think about careers as a marathon versus a sprint, yeah, and getting yourself out of the the desire for success right away, and understanding yeah. that you're not going to get published, yeah, or whatever it is, you just yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, you got to wait. You got to put in your time though. I'd say the only way I could stay in New York, I'm a I'm a country boy at heart. Like I I love the country, and you know you've met my brothers, yeah, who are, you know, they're country boys. And the only way I can stay in New York is by getting out of New York. Um, uh oh, here we so go. We got we fantastic. Have a, we have we, a manager coming to say got, hello. We got a manager coming here. Am I in trouble? Okay, nice to see you. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So oh, you can bring the desserts out and then bring, yeah, whatever comes first. So the question came, the morning dram, which is the coffee with the dessert, 
And and you know, I I think it's interesting. Do you like do you like uh, coffee with your dessert? To be honest, I don't. I usually I'm not a dessert person. I don't I don't have dessert. Um, and my coffee is usually not done at dinner. Uh, I go nonstop coffee from about 8 a.m. 7:30 to like three. That's usually my coffee. Holy shit! How much coffee are you a drinking? A lot. Too much. <laughs> too much. Way too much. You have heart much. palpitations randomly. Uh, I, if I don't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, to stay in New York, I feel like I got to get out of New York. I got to get my country fixed. And I think, to be honest, that's saying it. I'm learning a lot of things by just saying it out loud. I think that's where motorcycles came in for me. It's like it's it's an easy way to get out of the city. Okay. You really don't have to deal with as much traffic. You can get into the country relatively quickly. You know, you breathe in the fresh air and uh, and that, that does it. It just gives me that kind right. of fix and traveling to, you know, to Kentucky or to Scotland or, or wherever. It's it's such a it's it, it. I get my fix and then I come back and I'm like satisfied with the donut butt seat now. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> With the uh, the taxi drivers know their stuff. They they know. Yeah. Um, so when it when it comes to um, when it comes to coffee, yep. Somebody asked me a while back, like, all right, you have to choose between coffee and whiskey, and I was like, without hesitation, I said coffee. Yeah. I can live without whiskey. I love whiskey. Whiskey yeah. is great. It's a compliment, but I don't. I don't, I don't need it. Like, mm -hmm. if you take coffee out of my life, I'm fucking horrible. See, that's, that's, it's funny you say that because I agree. I, coffee for me, it becomes a medical thing. It's like, if I don't have coffee, I get a headache. Yeah. I feel a little bit like, I don't know. I just don't feel as good. I don't feel as alert. I, things, I can feel my organs like not working or something. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. If I don't have coffee, like, Life, life ceases being like life. It's now just dreadful hell, and everything's loud and it hurts. I uh, I recently had to have a uh, I, I'll just say this on air a colonoscopy. Oh man! And that was uh, they changed the age limit. Oh my god! Yeah. It was crazy. I had to had to get that thing done, and people are like, "Oh, how did you uh, like? You know, I, was it hard not to eat?" And I'm like, "I didn't care about the food. I couldn't drink coffee." That was it. Like I couldn't have coffee in the morning, and that was like really, really bad. I was like, I just, yeah, it was, it was painful. Um, intentional or not, it's a good segue between coffee and whiskey because, you know, if you, you, you know, coffee is barrel aged. My coffee is barrel aged in, in 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 bourbon and rye barrels, so you get those nuances. So you know, you're you're your uh your question before of like you know what could you if you had to have one whiskey or coffee um yeah i would go with coffee but if i could choose the type of coffee i'd say barrel aged coffee yeah I, and i like barrel aged coffee but i tell you i've had a lot of bad ones yeah they're 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 fewer and far between now but when when barrel aging coffee was first a thing yeah 2008 to 2010 yeah uh there was a lot of bad stuff um and, it, and i think it's a lot of it's because people were trying to like like flash age it versus yeah. like really focusing on it yeah or um you know they would 
they would pour bourbon into the actual oh beans. wow really like, there was a lot of weird stuff happening and it was all bad yeah and then I a think... guy in cincinnati uh i i can't even remember his name the guy in cincinnati was like stop doing he started doing a green doing a green uh, yeah versus yeah. roasted yeah kind of changed the game yeah i yeah i don't know who that is but you know hats off to him because that really is that's how we're doing it and i think you know one of my fun parts of the process my due diligence was uh was was trying all the competitors right like i, yeah. I remember it's like well i gotta i gotta be i gotta be intimate with with the competition so literally ordered everybody and, and i know i mean listen man i'm i'm in the whiskey business and i know it's ultimately subjective right i mean yeah. you like it or you don't but i have to follow my gut and i just got to believe what i like there's going to be other people that that follow my palate um other people that don't but so for me i wanted a a mix a balance of of the coffee and the booze i i didn't want one to overpower the other and then mo most important i wanted to have good quality coffee i didn't want to go with uh, a low you know something that just was wasn't good coffee alone um and i and i some of my research you know was that some people had said well you know you don't want to you don't have to use too good a coffee because the 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 flavors from the barrel are gonna you know overpower it anyway so you know don't waste your money but it's like you know what i don't want to put it in too long and i want to start with a good variety of coffee something yeah. that i would enjoy drinking on its own and and for me I, I, like a blender almost like i want to to complement these flavor accents like you know like almost like a second maturation or or a finish right you know, that's kind of how i looked at that my coffee i wanted it to be more of a finish like coffee's damn good on its own but if i could just finish it with something that's going to complement the flavors that would be pretty cool and for yeah. me i love it i love it i love it i love drinking it um you know there's probably going to be people that that think it sucks and that's cool because you know <laughs> people think some whiskey sucks that i like yeah i mean it's true. It's just uh, it's a subjective world. Yeah. If uh, if Folgers and Maxwell House can still have uh, have <laughs> That's uh, customers, right. they still have shelf space. Uh, and, and you know, and Denny's is uh, open for business. Then yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. Oh, here we go. Here's the coffee. Mm -hmm. We got a French press coming out got here. A French press. So let me just note: um, we have Lavazza cups. But we're currently making uh, the morning dram cups. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. So we're gonna have our own branded mugs. And this is actually the, the only place right now that you can buy it at retail. This and the Flatiron Room. Now, mind you, you can get uh, the, the fine and rare plates. Like you have your own branded plates as well. I, I'm a branded whore. So. You said that at the, holy shit, what is that? It looks like uh so there's a big, uh, big, massive 18-inch plate on the table with a big dome on it. It, it looks like, it looks like it, it, like the top of a cone head or something. <laughs> like it could fit on someone's head. So what he's pouring now, he's pouring a chocolate sauce homemade chocolate sauce over a 28 layer cake. Um, our pastry chef is phenomenal. 
Uh, I went to a place recently that had an 18 layer cake. I said we needed better, uh, and they they came up with a 28 layer. Oh wow! All right. Nash is going to pour over a homemade Nutella sauce um, that we make in house over a very thin chocolate dome. Um, the Nutella sauce is going to break through the dome, revealing uh, a, a nice dessert surprise. So that's like that's like melting it down there. It's melting it down. And I'll, I'll note on the Nutella sauce, we were using original Nutella um, and my pastry chef, you know, talked to me and she's like, listen, Nutella is as delicious as it is. There's a lot of oils in it. So she wanted to make her own Nutella sauce. Wow. And that's what we did. Well, this right here is like if I was uh, if I was 12 years old and could have my birthday party. That's what I'm wanting right there. Wow, this is beautiful. Oh, I can smell the aroma of the barrel-aged coffee. I can smell it from here as well. It's, it's about so nice. it's about three feet it's from so me. Nice. It's a really it's it's not pungent. It's 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 kind of like sweet and bitter. Yeah. At the same time. Great. Thank you, Nick. No well, need. Let's have a let's have a I'll have a little taste of this. Yeah, for sure. Let's kind of wrap up the show, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into the jump into the cake. Great. Actually, no, we'll have a bite of the cake on the air too. Great. Hell of it. Cheers, right, man. Cheers, buddy. It smells splendid. It's such a nice good cup of coffee. Hats off to you, my friend. Hats off to you. That's delicious. You can taste. You can taste the. Um, you can taste the bitterness of the bean and the barrel kind of coming together. Yeah. And then that finish it has a nice, like, uh, you know, kind of caramel vanilla finish to it. Now, now I'm going to go into the the little Nutella guy. I wish there was a camera here to to, to focus on this. You know what? I got. I'm gonna. I'll do my camera. My little. Uh, this is one of my few shows without a camera. We'll do the the old iPhone camera here. Nice. That 28 layer cake is like stupidly good. I'm going in for the reach. 28 layers of pure, unadulterated awesomeness coming up. Wow. I want that to be my birthday cake. As they're singing happy birthday. I'll hold it for you. Have a bite. Wow. Well, my friend, absolutely delicious all around. No, no, um, no shock there, but 
the coffee is 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 really really good. Thank you, Fred. And I think it's an excellent after dinner coffee. I actually do drink coffee after dinner, and this is uh, this is this is well done, man. Cheers. Thank you, thank you, buddy. And congratulations. Thank you, thank you, Fred. Good seeing you. Thanks you for too. having dinner with me. Absolutely. All right. And make sure you all are checking out uh, Tommy Tardy on all the social media. Flat Iron Room, fine and rare. And is does the Morning Dram have a social yeah, media account yet? At the Morning Dram. Okay. And how can people buy the copy? Uh, you can come to New York City and buy it at the Flat Iron Room or Fine and Rare. Or a far more convenient way is to go to uh, the Morning Dram. Dot com and you can order it online. And let me tell you, uh, online, uh, you get a, a crazy cool uh, gift box that comes with it. It's a, it's a good unboxing experience uh, and it makes for a, a, a tremendous gift. This should be airing right before Christmas. So awesome. We'll get, uh, we'll get this out for people so they can uh, maybe have a new gift to get folks. So be safe out there, everybody. Go check out all the Tommy stuff. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And vodka sucks. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm just going to go ahead on out and go call Santa. Uh, time to uh, make sure we got all the presents and, and under the tree. But uh, be safe out there. I hope you get a chance to buy the Morning Dram. This is excellent coffee. If not, go check out Tommy Tardy in one of his uh, one of his spots, either the Flatiron Room or Fine and Rare in New York. Just an incredible human being he is. And always always puts on a good time, good restaurants. But uh, be safe out there. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a review. It'll help us with the with the algorithm overlords. But that's going to do it, folks. Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's actually being used in a cream sauce, and it's okay. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskey, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred and his books, his articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.